You're listening to Massive Debate UK with Eric Swineblade. Hello, I'm Eric Swineblade and welcome to Massive Debate UK. Whilst we were collectively stunned by the loss of our Queen, Vladimir Putin has been escalating his illegal war in Ukraine, announcing last night that he would be mobilising an extra 300,000 Russian troops, bringing the total fighting in Ukraine to over 400,000. On top of this, he's announced the annexation referendums for the Russian-occupied territories there in Donetsk, Luhansk and Mariupol, insisting he is not bluffing over the use of nuclear weapons to defend our motherland, end quotes. So here's what I want to ask you. As the criminal Putin grabs what he can and locks the doors behind him, what can we do about it? Is it time to negotiate peace with Russia and end the loss of life? Or are we on the verge of World War III? Should we get some boots on the ground? Is it time to escalate from our side as well? Give us a call, 08345 6060 And our first caller is Elliot Hedges from Surrey. Elliot, what do you think about all of this? Well, traditionally, I've always been very anti-war. I was against the Iraq War. You know, I voted for Jeremy Corbyn. I'm very much in agreement with a lot of his you know, pacifism and seeking peace as the ultimate way through these things. But I do think in this instance... That, that actually military intervention, escalation, further war, not giving in, you know, supplying those javelins to the front line, and some of these really remarkable weapons that we've created in our countries, the surface-to-air missiles, the explosive rounds, the drones, all of it really I've never fully appreciated until now, but it's wonderful stuff, and I just think you never give in. Let's keep giving them the weapons and the money until you know the other side backs down which um i'm sure they will okay but what if they don't back down say uh, putin's talking about you know, nuclear conflict defending the motherland uh, escalating things then what well then i'm afraid eric that's a war and if he escalates and threatens or uses a nuclear device then we will have to use our nuclear devices as well even if that means, well, so a full-blown nuclear conflict well you- even if that means using a smaller nuclear weapon to scare putin we could say dropping nuclear bomb say in the russian countryside i'm just confused. how have you gone from being a jeremy corbyn pacifist to saying let's drop a small nuclear bomb in putin's garden to frighten him oh, eric i hate war i hate war i all i have always hated war i've always sought peace fought for peace said give peace a chance and if putin wants to play nuclear games with nuclear bombs then as far as i see it the only solution here would be at the total annihilation of Moscow, St. Petersburg, and the Russian state from the face of the earth. Yeah, but Elliot, you realise when you do that, Putin's going to send nuclear bombs our way and destroy London, Liverpool, Manchester, etc., and send the, enti- the entirety of the Western world back to the Stone Age. Well, Eric, with all due respect, do you really think that would be such a bad thing, given the massive impact we're having on the climate given... But Elliot, millions of people would, would die in a horrific death, and then millions more would die from radiation. I mean, surely that's the reason why you don't want climate catastrophe, so that people don't die in a horrendous way. Well, yes, obviously millions of people would die in a horrendous way, but the reduction in population and pollution would ultimately help bring down the CO2 levels, which would save many more lives. So as far as I see it, a nuclear conflict is actually a good thing for the planet, albeit bad for us in the short term. So you're saying a nuclear conflict would be good for the planet? That's exactly what I'm saying, yes. Well, you know, I'm surprised somebody of your political persuasion thinks this way. I'm surprised is 
you are, Eric. I really am. No, well, I'm surprised too. And I just think if, if Putin's going to saber rattle and threaten nuclear war, then we have to step up and say, look, you know, we're prepared to push the button as well. And Liz Truss has done a, a fantastic job there saying she would she would push that button and nuke Moscow in a heartbeat if, you know, if it came to that. All we can do is hope it doesn't come to that. But if it did, if London was nuked, you know, we have to remember that sometimes the tree of liberty has to be watered with the blood of patriots. I'm a Ukrainian patriot, and as far as I'm concerned, if it meant taking a nuke, so be it. We can't give in to Putin. Now, let's take another call now from Brian Horrocks in Cromer. Brian, what would you like to say about all this? Hi, Eric. Um, well, look, I, I'm no military expert, so to speak, but I have played a lot of Warhammer. So... I have such Sorry, what's Warhammer exactly? It's a board, it's a military board game. It's a strategic board game. Oh, it's a game. It's a game. Yeah, but it's strategic. A strategic yeah. game. It's a, it's a strategic board game, and I also paintball. And both those things are, uh, you know, the micro and macro of a larger military strategy going forward. All right, let's hear your strategy. And then. it strikes me that nobody's telling Zelensky or the generals there: move your armor, use air superiority, use special forces on the ground to remove the SABs. And by SAMs, you mean surface-to-air missiles? Yes, that's what I mean, but they're not called that. They're called SAMs. Yeah, Nobody's removing the SAMs. If you don't remove the SAMs, you don't have air superiority, so you can't move your armour up. So the armour's trapped. The armour's trapped around the south. Towards Mariupol, right? Um, Mariupol? Hmm, um, yeah, sure. If you're talking about the southeast. Crimea, maybe? Um, I don't know. Uh, sure, except that would be completely different to everything I've just been talking about, and therefore completely irrelevant, because I wasn't talking about that. Well, we've got to track it. Can you just carry on with your strategy as you see okay, it? Okay, so just imagine, if Putin's helicopters were dragons, and Zelensky's armoured divisions were ogres, and we're looking down on the top-down strategic map of Ukraine, so what they need to do is take the armour from the north and the south, move in with two infantry divisions to where they're going ground at Kharkiv at the top, secure those SAMs, re-dominate and split the Russian line, and then use the armour to drive through and re-secure their territory. You know, for somebody who just plays a board game, I'm genuinely quite impressed by this strategy. Look, I wouldn't come on the radio and say this unless I thought that I was onto something or that I knew I was talking unless about. You, yes, unless you had some now, idea. obviously real-world scenario, there may be reasons why they can't move their troops to these places. Yes, there could be, yeah. But it strikes me that nobody's giving the Ukrainians the strategic knowledge from the air that we have. And I'd like to know why that's not happening. No, they're definitely giving them all the intelligence that they, they have. I it know doesn't that. look like it's happening, though. No, 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 they are. I mean, they, you know, you've got complete aerial coverage, satellite well, coverage. Well, then why aren't they doing what they should be doing? Well, they're doing what they think they should do. But I've looked at the map and I've seen what's there and that's not what's happening. Well, they're not doing what you think they should do. That's that's the thing. Well, if they don't do what I'm telling you they need to do, then they're not going to win the war. It's just impossible. It's mathematically impossible. Well, so what are we going to do? Put you on an airplane? Well, this is what I mean. You need to bring in the minds and the kind of brains like mine to win these things. That's what they did in World War II. And they're not doing that here. Yeah, well, maybe that's the big problem. You know, maybe we need to learn from that. Maybe we start, need to start recruiting military minds like yours to help us win these fights the old way you know i mean who, who are we hiring to do this stuff anyway let's carry on this conversation after the break you're listening to massive debate uk with eric swineblade when i died it was a huge relief to know that barnes and mogs had my back 
and that my funeral would remind my kin of the kind of bloke I was. I loved going fishing with my sons, and so being able to option a pint-shaped casket made from 100% carbon fibre at an affordable price was a huge relief. The Barnes & Mogus app made it simple to pre-book and organise every detail of my special day, from the maggot-themed entrees to the fishing rod crane that lowered me to rest in the local canal. Barnes & Mogus. Die your way. These cheeky nest makers are junior doctors and only earn £60,000 a year each, so they're looking for a cosy new build to commute from that'll be a loss-making liability when the global debt bubble collapses in 2024. Luckily, thanks to our map search and price comparison tool, this broody human chattel can choose exactly where they don't want to live and play Blackrock Inc. directly through the website. Bright move. eBay for landlords. You're listening to Massive Debate UK with Eric Swineblade. Hello and welcome back to Massive Debate UK with me, Eric Swineblade. And today we're discussing the war on Ukraine, Vladimir Putin and threats of a nuclear war. Should we be scared? What's going on in Ukraine? How do we stop this before it runs out of control? Give us a call on 08345 6060 Anyway, let's take another call. We've got Hans Gruber on the line from... Heathrow. Hans, what's your European take on all of this? Well, hi, Eric. Hi. Well, Eric, I just think a lot of people aren't really zeroing in on who is really responsible for all this shindaggery, you know. I think it's pretty clear that uh, Zelensky, 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 yeah, the guy, you see him on the television, and they are dancing in the leather pants. He's, uh, you know, doing all these silly faces. And uh, they are just telling us that he is now running the show in Ukraine. Well, he's the president, yeah. I mean, I just don't believe that at all. It, it, Every time I see Zelensky, he's doing another photo shoot. He's on the front cover of Vogue magazine. He's hanging out with you know Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller of all people, you know Ben Stiller. I just I'm so confused when I see this, and I think, well, where, why is he not, you know, in the war room, supposedly avoiding all these bombs from Russia? He's perfectly happy and fine to me. I think it's. A, whole thing is completely really well no go on say it i think a lot of what we're being told is a complete falsity if a f- I completely mm. honest. it's a falsity to you the, the entire thing well have you seen any video footage have you seen any pictures i haven't seen i've seen i have not seen any images or videos at all of uh, anybody being shot or blown up or Anything I hear, I see some Russian tanks be on the sides of the road. But Hans, just because you haven't seen it, it doesn't mean it's not happening, does it? I mean, when you're in the middle of a fight and people are getting their heads blown off, you don't. The first thing you do isn't you know pull out your iPhone. I mean, because we're not you, are we? We're not living in Heathrow. We're living in. They're living in you know the front lines of an international conflict. Now we've got Michael Hart from York on the line. Michael, how do you see this whole situation? Oh, the way I see it, Eric, it's quite simple. You know, you got uh, you got a Mike Tyson in one corner, and then you got a little child in the other corner, and uh, you know we got China, Iran behind Mike Tyson jeering him on, and then you got us, you got all of us jeering on this little child to try and beat Mike Tyson. It's never going to happen, do you know what I mean? Because Mike Tyson's wearing body armour, he's got ten rocket launchers and a machine gun, and there they are chucking all this 
weaponry of this little boy trying to get him to beat Mike Tyson, but it's never going to happen because he can't lift up a, you know, a bloody rocket launcher on his own. Do you know what I mean? So he's sitting around watching the inevitable going on, saying, oh, keep going, you know, fight for freedom and all that. But at the end of the day, we all know it's a totally unfair fight, and that child's going to get absolutely mutilated in that ring. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to come out the other side victorious without a bloody miracle. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's thinking, oh, it's a David and Goliath. Well, we'll just jump in, jump in, give him the weaponry and watch him win the fight. I don't believe it for a second. So you think we just let Mike Tyson ravage this little boy, do you? No, I don't think that at all, actually. No, I think we sit we sit down and we say, hey, look, guys, stop fighting for a minute, OK? Look, you're, you're much bigger than this this boy. I don't think you should be fighting each other at all. You know, let's work out a way through this, you know, without tearing each other to pieces because there's only one of you that's going to come out the other side. You know, maybe Mike will get a scratch on his eye or something. But aside from that, there's only going to be one side that comes out being absolutely devastated. And that's, that's the Ukrainians in this instance. Well, the reality is, you know, even a seven-year-old boy is deadly if you give him a big enough gun. Surely the answer here is to arm the child in a way that even he could kill Mike Tyson. Is that not the kind of moral thing to I do? I you say with that, and I do understand the logic behind that. It's like, you know, just give the child the means to, to, to defeat Mike Tyson. But I'm, what I'm saying to you is that this, this isn't just any child. You know what I mean, this child's been beaten up now for the best part of a year. And you can't just, you know, throw him a, a baseball bat and say... You know, do your thing. So you just don't see any way through this, any way of defeating Putin at no, all? No, I'm saying that I think that Putin is much more intelligent than we give him credit for. And I think that he, he's grilling circles around our... OK, region. so Putin is this kind of grandmaster octopus chess player who's leading us in all these directions. He's led us to this point. He's led us to kind of shooting ourselves in the foot with the energy. But what is the solution? And how do we deal with this man who has seemingly outwitted us? What do we do? Please well, tell we me. Get Putin round the table and say, okay, uh, Vladimir, I can see you're angry, I can see you're annoyed, I don't know what I've done, I don't know what we've done, but I want to make amends, okay, uh, you can keep that slither of Ukraine, and then, then we'll have some peace, say, can we have some gas, cheap gas, please, because we missed that, and let's carry on in peace, and say, look, no more funny business in Ukraine, Get them in the EU, keep your slither, let's move on. What, and just give up? We're just pretending that we've got any degree of power over them. They can just turn the lights off tomorrow if they wanted to. Just shut down Nord Stream 2 and it's it's, it's Tara for us, you know what I mean? No, I absolutely see what you mean. I just think morally and ethically it's wrong and I'm right in that the principle remains the same. You know, even if it means that, you know, Ukraine is turned into a dust bowl. You know, so be it if... If that means victory, uh, a moral victory. Uh, anyway, thanks for your call. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week on Massive Debate UK, and hopefully we'll have something more cheery to talk about next week. You're listening to Massive Debate UK with Eric Swineblade.